Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, may the words that I share this morning be used by you to achieve your purposes. Speak truth to each of us, Lord. Help us to hear um, and to receive and to obey your intentions and your will for each of us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've called this Psalm, Psalm 32 and I commend it to you in terms of go home and read it again and read it again and read it again. For some of you, you're very familiar with it. It's often a favourite for many people. Um, let me just give a word of explanation that I'm grateful for Josh Tan who was able to come last Sunday to fill in for me because we were to do Psalm 32 last Sunday and Pastor Charlie did Psalm 32 at Sunday night and he's doing Psalm 33 tonight. But because I'd already started to prepare this and then it wasn't until halfway through the week I asked Josh, oh, you better come because I don't think I'm going to be um, non-contagious. Uh, I think I'm going to be contagious, so if you could step in. So I'm grateful to Josh at Hertford Street Baptist Church to come and he get a good message on 2 Samuel chapter 7 if you either were here or, or online and um, gave us a good challenging, uh, informing message as well as a challenge. So I'm doing Psalm 32, and then next Sunday morning we'll do Psalm 34. So if you want to skip ahead or jump ahead. So if you want to see Psalm 33, you need to come tonight to hear Pastor Charlie. Uh, confession, forgiveness, and blessing. Psalm 32. Let me take a fair bit of time, just at the beginning of this, a couple of minutes, to talk about um, something that just as when I was born back in the 1950s, uh, it was on the wane. It'd be more my parents' generation where they grew up in a culture and a society where this particular thing was uh, highlighted for us. We were far more sensitive to it as a community. But it's now slipped into, it's faded away. And of course, I want to talk to you this morning about sin because that's what this psalm is about. The awareness of sin used to be something that was like a shadow for us. It was wherever we went and people were far more moral, ethical and aware. But these days, the accusation, you have sinned, tends to be more said with a grin. Catholics used to line up and confess their sin and Protestant preachers used to shout out our sins. You would have had that experience if you're my age or older. Um, but a theologian, Alvin Plantinga, says that where sin is concerned now, people mumble. It's not as prominent, it's not as in focus, it's not as sharp for us. But recalling and confessing our sins is a spiritual discipline and like taking out our garbage on a weekly basis, once a week, even twice a week, is not enough. One in, four, in fact, one author notes that the word sin is mostly these days at home on our dessert menus. Triple chocolate challenge is sinful. Lying isn't, but calorie chocolate cake is. Can you name the seven deadly sins? We used to be able to. We can't, how can we? Jesus had a list of sins, the apostles had lists of sins. If you want to know the seven deadly sins, and some of you might very well know them, uh, think of slap egg, slap egg. 
If you got nothing else out of this message this morning, even if you just got that and use that as an evaluation of your own life and uh, sensitivity to God's spirit working in you, slap egg stands for sloth, lust, anger, pride. Slap, S-L-A-P. Egg, envy, gluttony, greed are the seven deadly sins. Slap, egg. Now, most of you are going to be probably just doing that and nothing else during the service. But I want to say to you this morning, and certainly reflecting on this psalm, a healthy reminder of our sin and our guilt that goes with it, instead of just suppressing it, in fact, owning it and acknowledging it, is it gives us hope and it gives us assurance because something can be done about it. In fact, something has been done about it in the Lord Jesus. Samuel Johnson, the author of the English Dictionary, he says, we need to be reminded much more often than we are instructed. We need to be reminded much more than we need to be instructed. Instead of always wanting to listen to new things, we need to be reminded sometimes of the old basic things that's better for us. We live in a world in our whole life where the whole range of human misery, we're all familiar with that, we've all experienced it at some points in varying degrees. From simply restlessness and uneasiness to estrangement, whether it's family members or others, uh, through shame and guilt to just the normal regular annoyances and sorrows and regrets. But none of these experiences, these miseries of human life, trouble us as much, actually, as what sin does. Sin is the real enemy. Sin is the real problem. Sin is what distorts us, corrupts us. It twists us. We are flawed creatures who hurt and who hurt others, sometimes accidentally and sometimes deliberately. When Billy Graham was in England doing a crusade evangelism thing back in the 50s, 60s, a London psychiatrist came to him and said to him that 80% of the patients in mental institutions would be released immediately if they could simply find forgiveness for the guilt that they're experiencing. We are surrounded and included in the world, the flesh and the devil. All of this influences around us that tricks us, deceives us, lies to us, misleads us, misinforms us. The Bible presents sin as both lawlessness and faithlessness. It's a missing of the mark. It's wandering off course. It's straying from the fold. It's stepping over the line. It's doing, saying, thinking what is wrong, or it's not doing, thinking or saying what we should. It brings with it a hard heart and a stiff neck. saying they're, they're lovable. 
I have grandchildren and I love all, all of them. But the 